Welcome to the Moon and You podcast. My name is Susan Hart. You are invited to lean in and listen to conversations and content that elevates and educates in hormones, financial literacy, menopause, esoteric subjects about the moon, stars and ancient medicines with the intent to grow and find peace within the female body. As always, and in the spirit of reconciliation, I acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. I pay my respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Moon and You. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're talking about the new moon in Aquarius and I've themed the podcast around being a rebel. If you've been called a rebel in your lifetime, it's a sure bet you were seen as doing something against your family or friends or society. It's a word used for insurgent behaviour. The dictionary describes a rebel as a person who rises in opposition or armed resistance against an established government or leader. Have you ever been a rebel? Allow that just to drop in for a moment. Perhaps not with your government or an established leader, but perhaps within your own family, your own society. During this full moon in Aquarius, I invite you to become rebellious and work on one area of injustice that you see in the world. But with that, I also invite you to act with an attitude of ahimsa. Ahimsa is an Indian word for not causing pain. The full moon in Aquarius calls us to look around us with open hearts and eyes, to view the world like a majestic queen would survey her kingdom. Where do you see injustices? What can you touch to infuse love? What can you give to soothe someone else's pain? To where can you ride to spread the seeds of goodness and kindness throughout your kingdom? Allow this full moon in Aquarius to help you on your quest by finding your true beliefs and principles. You will need these if you wish to change the world. You will need to stand firm on what you believe if you wish to change the world. Once you realise some of your beliefs have been given to you through your family, schooling, peers, religion and experiences, you can begin to unravel yourself to find what you truly believe. For me, I stand firmly in the belief that love conquers all. Love is a word that is misused in our society and stands for many things. The love I refer to is like the sun. No matter what you do in your life, No matter how far you fall in society, no matter if you are greedy, lustful, murderous, litigious, malicious, or even depraved, the sun, the physical sun, will always shine on you. True love is what the Christ speaks of. True love is what the sages spoke of. 
be love to all beings and you can change the world. I'd like to share with you two things that I truly do believe in. And one is an extract from the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. And it's to give you a, a better understanding of the word ahimsa that I spoke of earlier. So ahimsa is not causing pain. Some authors translate it as non-killing. But it's not that at all. Himsa means to cause pain. Ahimsa, not to cause pain. Killing is different from causing pain. Causing pain can be even more harmful than killing. Even by your thoughts, you can cause pain. So when we're walking through this world, be mindful of what you tread. Be mindful of what you do. Because you could be contributing to the overall anxiety and pain of the world. By taking time to look at your footprints and listen to your own words and see the reactions of people and what you do to cause pain to other beings, you can become more mindful and a little bit more kinder because that's what the world needs, kind people. The other extract is from the Bible. It comes from Corinthians 13. It's an extremely popular paragraph, often spoken at weddings. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have the faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. I don't often use the word God in my podcast. I use the word spirit. I believe that each of us, every single blade of grass, every animal, every molecule of air, everything in this world comes from one source, one energetic line, if you will. There are lots of stories around God, some mythical, some ancient, some true, some false. I think that we need to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. <laughs> I love that. That's another little 
quote from the Bible. When I'm not feeling love towards other people, then there is a lack within me. If I'm angry, there's something that has happened to me, I feel wronged or I feel as if there is an injustice done to me. I have two choices, well, perhaps several choices. I can feel the anger and I can hate back and I can get revenge or I can cower, not speak my truth, feel subdued or I can take a deep breath, sigh it out, open my eyes and look upon the person who has upset me and realize that they are just like me. I may have said something that triggered them, that they said something that triggered me, and then I said something that triggered them back, and then this hatred and this virile back and forth tennis playing crap that we do to each other continues. We have to get rid of the feeling of hatred and misgivings revenge, murder. We have to get rid of this energy, this feeling. And the best way to do that is through meditation and through breath work or through some sort of physical activity, as in maybe walking briskly, yoga, because it's energy, right? It's thought and energy. We've been wronged. We want to do something about this. We want to project this pain. We want to project this hatred onto somebody else because we don't want it. And as soon as we attack, we believe we've let it go. And unfortunately, when we do that, it lands on somebody else (laughs) or something else. We break things. We hurt people. We hurt animals. I didn't realize how much energy old emotional energy that I hold in my muscles, in my bones. And I have had the great pleasure and privilege of being able to see a physiotherapist slash kinesiologist who works on the physical body and the emotional body. And when she touches certain parts of my body, my thighs or my temple or my head, I feel this rush of energy and I just start to cry. I don't know whether it's because another human being is touching me and holding space for me, but memories come up and old hurts come up and I talk about it and I share it and I cry and I cry to the point where I can't breathe and I have to get up. And then I calm down and then I feel lighter. I think it's important if you don't have somebody that you can share pain with, that you need to find a professional, somebody that you resonate with. They're not all good. I mean, you might have to try a few to get to someone who who is a real healer. So I wanted to share that with you because a full moon in Aquarius is about changing the world, moving the world forward for the better. But sometimes it starts with us. We have to change us 
so that everybody changes themselves to become better people, high vibrations, to always choose love over hate, forgiveness over vengeance. What a world it will be. Let's move on. Some key Aquarian facts. My beautiful friend Kerry Hurrigan will be back with us in September talking to us, but in the meantime she has provided some fabulous information for me to share with you. Some key Aquarian facts. The Aquarius ruling planet, Uranus. Uranus is about awakening, change, the rebel. Aquarius ruling house is the 11th house. It's about the future, friends, inventions, humanity and visions. Aquarius is the water bearer. Aquarius medical ruler is the ankles, calves, shins and the Achilles. And the Aquarius element is air. The modality is fixed. It's strong, consistent and persistent. And the counterbalance of Aquarius is the sign of Leo. No matter where our sun or moon is in our natal chart, we are all affected by the full moon in Aquarius. The energy of Aquarius calls to us to be different, to be the unique individual that you already are. The Aquarian full moon shows you where you need to change depending on where it is in your chart. This is where you need to have a chart in order to find out where you need to change. Kerry Hurrigan offers a free birth chart. You just need to pop onto the link on the, on the blog post and Kerry will send you out your own birth chart. Aquarius removes old patterns that keep us stuck in past patterns. Aquarius dares us to break traditional routines which keep us deeply stuck in old patterns. It is rebellious and motivates us to become more enlightened, compassionate and loving to all living things. The wonderful thing about Aquarius is that it's about breaking new ground. It can be for some the way out of wallowing in your emotions, allowing you to take a more analytic look at your life. Full moons ignite more activity and energy and with Aquarius being the most outgoing of all the signs, the Aquarius full moon is fun-loving and will help you let your hair down and kick up your heels. If you don't know where Aquarius is transiting through your chart, prepare yourself for surprises. That's why you need to get your chart. As we share the tragedies that happen in our world, it creates a co Cohesiveness in each of us, bringing us closer together as one human family, together with our animal friends and our planet. Here's some suggestions that you might want to do during this glorious full moon in Aquarius. We talk a lot about beliefs. So write down all your beliefs and identify where it came from. So for example... What do you believe about religion? What's your belief around that? Write it down and try to remember who first told you about it or did you discover it as an adult or, or as a teenager or as a child? What are your feelings around when you go to church, when you go to a mosque or when you um, go to temple? What do you feel? What lights you up? Are you making time for loved ones in your life? 
I have a beautiful little niece, grandniece, I should say. She's nearly five. And I always make time for her every Thursday morning. I set aside absolutely everything in my life and I just spend an hour and a half with her every morning, every Thursday morning. It is the highlight of my week. And before I started it, I thought, I don't have time for this. I've got too much to do with my business and with my work and I just don't think I have time. But I decided that I had to make time. And I only used to have her once a, once a fortnight. And then her mother said to me, who is my niece, she said, Sue, she's going to school next year, so you won't have her at all. And it dawned on me, I only have another six months with her. So I changed it to weekly. That's what I mean. She lights me up and I'm going to make time for her. So what lights you up? What do you need to make time for? Find one injustice in the world you would like to change and move towards it. I'm not saying you need to do anything radical, but just find something in the world that you find absolutely untenable, that hurts you, that makes you angry. Meditate upon it, pray upon it. Find out what you can do to help with that injustice in the world and move towards it. This is the, one of my favourites to do during the full moon inquiries. Rescue an animal from a shelter and give it a good home. I have had a few animals in my life and I must admit it has been very difficult for me when they pass because they're only with us for like 10 years, 10 to 12 years. I'm a dog person and of late I've been dreaming of my old girl Willow. She passed in 2016 and since then I rescued my um, father's dog who I also passed away my father also passed away in 2016 and he had a little dog and I rescued him from my brother who couldn't look after him so I decided to take him and I had him for four years and uh, five years actually and he passed away last year and now I'm thinking maybe it's time to rescue another animal in a way, we do rescue animals. We mind dogs. So maybe instead of rescuing, you could also mind a dog. Just talk to somebody or a cat if they're going away instead of them having to pay for fees to go into a dog shelter. Perhaps you could take the animal for them for a couple of weeks. Learn a new skill with technology. I'm extremely fortunate in my job because I work uh, as a bookkeeper accountant, I work with technology all the time. I work in a paperless industry where everything is scanned, uploaded into the cloud, and we process work from there. So I tend to get a lot of technology up my sleeve. But I know a lot of people who aren't savvy on the computer or their typing skills or, you know what, and some people don't even want to do that. But I think that this is out where our society is at. And if you're listening to this podcast and that doesn't resonate with you, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. But if you want to do something during this full moon in Aquarius, it's a good time. The energy is there. The, in the inquisitive nature is there. And you won't be as frustrated during this over the next couple of weeks 
while you're learning this new skill. Another thing you could do is become a volunteer. Volunteer. You can volunteer to walk somebody's dog. You can volunteer to make somebody some soup. I recently uh, made some soup for my neighbour. She is going through a couple of um, horrendous months with chemotherapy and I felt the need to cook, especially with ginger. So I cooked her carrot and ginger soup and she absolutely loved it. Not only did it give me great joy and pleasure in making it for her, but giving handing something over to somebody to help is such a joy and to see their face and to hear their, hear their laughter and see their smile, it does wonders for you. So become a volunteer. It doesn't have to be a big organisation. It's just helping somebody else out. Now, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I'm a plant-based eater and over the last couple of years, I have really upselled myself to my husband in my cooking, um, cooking ways And in our household, I am the main cook. He's been trying to learn, but he just gets a bit too nervous because he knows how much of a good cook I am and doesn't want to come up short. I think that's a bit of an excuse. But anyway, it's really, well, there's so many options out there for you to try. It's not just vegetables. There's so many wonderful YouTube channels out there that you can swap out some meat dishes for some beautiful plant-based meals. And the reason why I bring that up now is because we're in the full moon in Aquarius and Aquarius is about injustice for all. And we live in a society where we're not hunters and gatherers anymore. We enslave, I will use that word, animals for slaughter, for us to eat. So maybe just for the next couple of weeks, consider that. And just consider swapping just a few meat dishes, a few fish dishes for some plant-based. You will be surprised. You will be surprised at how delicious it can really be. Every single month, no matter where the full moon or where the new moon is, meditation is a must. But the twist for this meditation is when your mind is quiet and your breathing is steady, Send out healing, love and thought to the entire world. Aquarius is about changing, becoming a rebel, doing good, moving the world forward and upward. In your meditation, send out healing love to the world. That's what we need. So let's move on now to how the full moon in Aquarius coincides with your cycle. Now, most of you who have been listening listening to us for many, many years, you know that I have a free app. It's an app on the Apple Store and it's about tracking your cycle, not necessarily for fertility, but more for mood. Because for me, moods and emotions are affected by our hormones. When we eat something, our hormones are affected. When we move our body, our hormones are affected. And hormones are directly responsible for our cycle as women, for our menstrual cycle. I also believe that the energies 
of the world and the moons and and the stars all coincide and affects our cycles. So I'd like to share with you some information. If you are in certain times of your cycle, we do it from week one, week two, week three, week four. And week one is always about the menses. Week two is when you're in that beautiful estrogen stage leading up to ovulation. And then week three and week four is about progesterone or phase three. But I break it into two weeks because a lot of, of women out there still suffer, a lot of women suffer from PMS in the last week of their cycle. Now, what if I told you that perhaps PMS can be eliminated if we look at it a bit differently and if we change the way we eat and sleep and move our bodies and lessen stress, we might be able to just have three phases, which is what we should have. But we break it down into four weeks. So let's get started. So this is week one. The body is always working toward homeostasis. Homeostasis refers to the capacity of the body to maintain the stability of diverse and internal variables, such as temperature, acidity, and water level, in the face of constant environmental disturbances. Have you ever considered that having difficult periods each month might be a result of the choices you make leading up to the release of your period? Now, this occurring energy compels me to stand in my beliefs around this subject. When we overindulge in food and beverages and drugs, our body will work hard to bring our organs, tissues, joints, blood pressure and hormone levels back to normal. When we overexert with running, especially on hard cement, we spend hours in the gym, we sweat in saunas, our bodies will work to bring everything back to homeostasis. When we sit in front of the screen for hours on end, binge watching and scrolling, our emotions are heightened and our eyeballs dry out. Our body, yes again, works hard to bring us back to homeostasis. During this week, as you settle into your menses flow, meditate on how you can rebel against your own self-destructive ways. Is that too harsh? Make a list of all the ways you can improve your lifestyle so your body doesn't have to work so hard. Be kind, be gentle. As soon as you put something close to your mouth, Ask yourself, is this going to do my body good or harm? When you put your shoes on to go for a 10-hour run (laughs) or a run on cement or ask yourself, am I pushing my body too hard this week? Just be gentle. Week two. So during this week, your estrogen levels are rising and peaking at day 14. Ovulation occurs, and as estrogen falls away, progesterone rises and stays dominant throughout the following weeks until your period arrives. Estrogen is responsible for so many working parts in a woman's body. One area it affects is our collagen production. Collagen is basically the building block of our skeleton system, bones, muscles, ligaments, tendons, and skin. 
Less collagen synthesizers means less elasticity of tendons and skin, constriction of blood vessels, decreased healing, increased risk of developing a soft tissue injury and joint pain. If your estrogen levels are low or imbalanced, you may experience pain in your joints, particularly in your ankles, calves, shins and Achilles. Remembering the medical ruler of this particular time is Aquarius. And Aquarius is the medical ruler of the ankles and the calves and the Achilles. If you become aware of any changes in your joints and you are not at an age like myself, menopausal or perimenopause, please check in with your health professional because there might be something else going on for you as well within your joints. Week three. This week starts off with the fall in estrogen lasting two to three days, followed by that beautiful, sedating, lovely, gorgeous, stay-in-your-pajamas hormone called progesterone. Progesterone continues to climb alongside estrogen. However, progesterone is dominant or should be dominant. The climb continues until day 21 where it should hover and plateau out. So progesterone rises up to day 21 and then sort of hovers there until day 28 and at day 28 all your hormones drop if you're not pregnant or your hormones drop and your period arrives. Progesterone is a powerful anti-anxiety agent, an antidepressant, a diuretic and is essential if you are to access fat reserves to supply energy. This hormone maintains the thick uterine lining for any fertilized egg that occurred that week before. Have you ever tracked the shift from the estrogen week to the progesterone week? The feeling is very much like a roller coaster ride, and once you understand how your body copes with this, you will be less likely to become emotionally entangled by the change. Just remember, estrogen makes you the life of the party, and progesterone is the cab that takes you home after a long night out. I've said that on many podcasts. What we want to try to do during week three when progesterone rises and it's at day 21, we want to keep it there. We want to keep the progesterone hovering at optimal levels all the way through till day 28. If not, PMS can come into play. If at day 21 progesterone drops and estrogen becomes dominant, you could have some issues. If progesterone drops and there's no estrogen rise, there could be some issues. If progesterone keeps rising, there could be some issues. So we want progesterone to be at optimum levels. Let's work on work week four. Is there something you are wanting to do this week, but PMS is getting you down? Do you seem to stop all activities each month during this time because PMS symptoms are significant? I alluded at the beginning of the podcast that perhaps PMS can be stopped. The first step is to reduce stress and anxiety in your life. Now, for the last five years, we have been speaking about this and I will always continue to bring it up. And you say, look, I know I can hear the laughter now. Reduce stress and anxiety in my life? Sue, really? How can that be possible? 
Do you know my life? No, I don't know what your life is like. And it is presumptuous of me to think that, one, you do have stress and anxiety in your life. I just know that a lot of women suffer from PMS. And one of the big issues is sex hormones and stress hormones do not work well together. Stress hormones will always win over sex hormones. So what does that mean? So stress hormones, cortisol and adrenaline. Sex hormones, progesterone, estrogen, testosterone. Stress comes when you are in perceived danger. So your body is not going to permit you to become pregnant anytime soon if you are in a constant state of stress. Truly. It won't allow you to get pregnant. So it will affect the sex hormones first. Because stress hormones are powerful. It makes you, makes you stronger. It makes every single cell in your body is activated and it's ready to run. Now, if you've got nowhere to go and you're just all in your head and you're worried and you're stressed in your head and you've got no outlet for this stress, it's going to stay in your body. And it's going to really muck up those sex hormones and perhaps even drop that progesterone down. Where I've said before, it needs to stay high for tw after 21 days. Progesterone needs to stay at that level until day 28. You see where I'm coming from? So what causes stress is the first question to answer. What causes you stress and me stress are vastly different. So I'm not about to compare my stress levels to you or how you get stressed and how I get stressed. You know that. So for me, as an example, I could look at a tablet to swallow. My heart rate rises. You might be able to swallow four tablets at once without blinking an eye. Everybody's triggered differently. What you need to do is write down what stresses you out and avoid it. Like if you've got a job or a career or work that stresses you out emotionally, physically, is there any way that you can change your job? Is there any way that you can change what you do at your work? If family stresses you out, is there any way that you can get respite? Can you remove yourself? from your family for a time or can you remove the family from you for, for a time if your partner or if your friends or whatever it might be is there a way during this week in particular week four this is all I'm asking just in week four is there any way that you can remove stress from your life write it down the Mayo Clinic is one of my favorite websites. I have found an article I hope um, will start you on your journey to eliminate stress. Eliminating unnecessary stress in your life may soothe or stop PMS all the way. There is a link to the blog of the Mayo Clinic on my blog on the website. Well, my darlings, that's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoy and take on the board some or none or whatever you whatever resonates with you. Whatever it is, 
Be a rebel, my loves. I hope to see you in the next new moon and we'll see you in the full moon with Kerry Hurrigan in September. Take care. Have a lovely, lovely rest of your week or your day and I'll see you next time. Bye for now.